Warning, the Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Jellocoon and Zach. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bonsai Beat. This is Jellicoon along with Zach. Wow. Yeah, we're back. It's been a while. As Creed would say. I don't think it's been that long. I no. feel very consistent this season. It feels like it's been a long time, but I know it hasn't. It's just that I've been watching a shit ton of anime, and like, I've been wanting to talk about it, so I think it's like, oh my god, I want to record. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, we should somehow emphasize that feeling that it's been a normal amount of time, but we have stuff to talk about instead of the reverse. Yes. Which normally happens. <laughs> yes. So on this review, in this episode, we are going to be reviewing Goblin Slayer. And we've brought on a man who all knows about goblins and slang. <laughs> Zoldar is back. <laughs> yes. That's right. I just go out and slay goblins every night. Yep. <laughs> As he blows the shit. Um, he could have even been shit. separate too, because yeah. he said goblins and slaying. That's right. Slaying anything. Right. I I go out and goblin, and then I go out and slay. There are two separate things there. <laughs> well, well done. Yes. No, I'm I'm I am not the male Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's I don't know. Uh I mean, I have played D and D for a while, so I don't know. Maybe I know go- about goblins from that. We can, we can discuss. But yeah. So yep, I'm going to review Goblin Slayer, which is much better than the controversy would make you think it is. I suspect. That's um, what uh, I mean. So we brought this on because, um, hey, I want to discuss the controversy. You know, is it good? Is it bad? Um, it kind of goes into what uh, I've been watching as well, but. Zell, uh, Zach, you highly rated this show for your top five your top five anime of 2018. Well, it wasn't that high. I think it was like fifth. Well, but... still, the fact that <laughs> it, it was... made it fifth. Yeah, I mean, it's a good fantasy show, and I talked about the controversy briefly alone because you hadn't seen the show last yeah. time, so I'm interested to hear a second opinion. But Definitely, and yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to what... Uh, Zaldar has to say. So, as always, what have you been watching, Zach? Ooh, I get to be first. Well, I've been loving this season. Uh, it has the sensational fun show of Kakiguri, where they gamble lewdly and then overreact to everything. <laughs> and, and there's only one episode that has disappointed me thus far. It was the second to most recent one. Fifth? The one... No, I don't know. I think six, maybe. Okay, last week's episode. I think the seven just came out, yeah. Yeah. So it's the one where they're doing the gambling with the the pop star girl. Oh, yeah, they start doing the dancing and shit. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's The the dancing's fine, but the reason I hate it is because at the end, 
they kind of like so the whole show's over the top and the gambling is silly obviously but they adhere to the rules of the game this one they they didn't like they were laying cards and you can bluff or say the real number and you have to get close to a certain amount without going over Nine. before you like bow out yeah you no know, so you're talking about two different things now cause... no 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 you're in the past oh my bad so the past one you're referring to is when Mary takes over the game and they go to nine, and if yeah. the player goes over, they bust. Yeah. This is a different card game in, like, episode six. Okay, I haven't seen six or seven yet, then. Where it's uh, the main girl and the idol girl mm-hmm. with the pink hair from the first season mm-hmm. is gambling against um, a oh, Hollywood actress. Yeah, the Hollywood actress. Yeah, so the, the the goal of the game is to lay the cards face down, and you say, like, what's... what uh value it was and if you go over like 60 something you bust but then they just kind of forsake it because she's like ah, i've played it this way so like, the idol girl was like i played it this way so i knew when we'd be getting close but there's no point in winning because i'm a terrible actress and like and then they focused on that her mm-hmm. like sob story more than the game and it totally wasn't explained how they could have even been at that total i mean I didn't do the math. I mean, I'm sure it's possible they could have been at it, but it was the first time where I like felt disappointed in the arc because I don't like the character and they forsaked the game. <laughs> Even though it's over the top, I like how the game maintained its like integrity for every other game they did. Yeah. So <laughs> I was disappointed with that short arc. That's fine because Mary's a real character this season. And I she's love the best Mary. Character. She's a best, yeah. yes. <laughs> she's great. Oh. She lets everyone have it. Are you oh, watching this, the show, Zolar? This is in that no, I'm not. But it sounds like it's in that genre of the like the food gasm show. Um, that seems to be a thing now, where they take was, something and make it over the top. Yeah, it was in season one, and it's less so now. Maybe they hope like you were hooked by that, and now you're like kind of in for the characters. Okay, it still has over the top reactions, but it. I mean, it sells it well because it's about gambling and the I feel characters like it got are risking it, a lot. It got it out of its system in episode one and two. Like, right. It, you came back, you got the crazy uh, review, you know, the crazy over the top reactions. But then they're like, okay, we, we did that. Here's the real story. It's it's not distracting from the show, though, honestly. Like, no, it's not at all. Yeah, it's all in good fun, even the over top reactions. Whereas in Food Wars, it feels separate from the show. The reactions here do not, because, I mean, some of the games are so high stakes. Like, literally, people are dying in one of the games. They're poisoned, and unless they win, they don't get the antidote, and they die. Like, some Saw-level shit. And, of course, they're going to be overly the top, like, uh, panicked, and then also very cocky when they win, because, you know, they cheated someone that was trying to kill them. So, the reactions are fine. The voice acting's great. It yeah. matches the animation, so I though over the top and fun as a genre, it doesn't distract from the show like Food Wars does, in my opinion. So this is Kiki Kakeguri. Kakeguri. Is this on Crunchyroll? And first or season's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix oh, okay. has it, but I don't have Netflix anymore. I don't want to wait five months to watch it, so I'm watching it elsewhere. <laughs> but because ah, okay. it took them five months to like put it on Netflix originally, because they. Uh, Obviously, like dubbed it all first. And it, take, and it took them forever, apparently. The Even though people too. can simul dub, it took them like five months. Well, Netflix is new. They don't. Yeah, they are. Netflix is uh, maybe to animate dubbing, but they're certainly not new as a company, and they have more resources than Crunchyroll. I don't think there's any excuse for it to take five <laughs> months. Okay, I'd agree with you there. 
It's not like they're they're new in what it takes to get something on TV. ADR is not this new technology where they're like, oh man, only yeah. the, only well, the they, anime they, publishers know about it. They may be new to dubbing, though. I don't know, and they may not. Think you it's, you would think though they wouldn't. I mean, the amount of resources Netflix yeah. has, they can hire the best. You would yeah, think. there's no way they were confused. Hell, they've made their own anime series, so yeah. they they may not just care, which yeah. is different, but. That's probably it. Like, it probably factored into the release schedule in some way. And for someone who isn't following airing anime, I mean, that's fine, right? Shows up on mm-hmm. Netflix, I'll watch it. Like, I didn't know when it was made. But as someone who's into it, I'm not waiting. Yeah. What else are you watching? So, okay. I'm still watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I like it, like, so much more than the last arc, which I forgot the name of. Um, uh, Diamond is Unbreakable? Yes, thank you. Now it's golden wind (laughs) and (laughs) and it's just it's so much better so that's all i have to say about that i mean it's like the fifth season so if you don't know what jojo is then you're missing out but i don't need to explain it it's great um you're not a real man until you watch jojo (laughs) do you do you work out to the theme song oh yeah i mean all four really there you go you can put it on repeat yeah I, I grew at least 10 more pecs when I listened to it. Nice. Like, <laughs> normally you only have two, but mine just go out like a like a cobra or something. Wow. So wait so, now, I mean, when they were back in the Egypt arc, though, were you were you a sexy man then, since that was, you know... That oh, was well, I've always been a sexy man, but okay. did I pose more back then? Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're doing yeah, the... the posing's on point in the Egypt arc. <laughs> well, kind of that all is... since the beginning of JoJo, even the... Like supreme being, arc with cars, the Egyptian gods and yeah. Wamu. <laughs> Those are actually the only two arcs I have watched because it just gets too silly for me. I got addicted to the very first one where it was basically like a shonen, but mixed with a like a Victorian no- era England novel. Did and... you at least watch like the time the time skip for? The second yeah, yeah. JoJo, I, yeah. I, I watched up until um, like I mean, I'm on Darby the player. I think um, the end of the Egypt arc is where I'm up to. Uh, but you're not a fan of Egypt. I, I, it's kind of like what I did with um, Ofu. Oh, anime where the guy was really smart and was playing chess, and Britain was invading Japan. Code Geass. Code Geass. Yes, I love Code Geass. I had I had the same experience when I did with Code Geass with JoJo. When I watched Code Geass, I was expecting it to be serious, mm-hmm. and it was very much not. Yeah. And so I stopped enjoying it. But then I was like, okay, no. I know well, it's not. The problem serious with Code now, Geass so can... is it's serious in only one of its characters, and that's a Lelouch. And everyone else, they're just like, <laughs> fuck it. They're there to serve his story. Right, but even he gets so. I mean, not serious, you know, pretty quickly because he just it just one one's up one ups itself every episode, and I had to get JoJo basically is in that same vein, and I had to get over that. Um, But I'm one of the people that likes the Ripple more than Stands because the Ripple had rules and this kind of stuff, and the Stands are just whatever the heck the authors want them to be. Um, Yeah, but they do a really one's still my favorite. They do a real good job of making crazy stands, though, I have to say. At least in the Egypt arc, things get really weird. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and they're quite fun. 
like the baby that traps them in dreamland i mean yeah <laughs> that's and, silly um i mean there was somebody that did something with like sun at one point or yeah mm-hmm. it's been a while since i've watched it but it gets it got pretty ridiculous the problem so, i have with it isn't that it one offs itself but it, it feels much more episodic like every two episodes it's just them fighting a different guy over and over like, it almost feels like it doesn't have a coherent plot because they just fight 20 different people and then end up at Dio. It's not like any story happened. Yeah, I mean, at least it's they're trying to get to Dio in the... Right, but it's almost like a tournament arc in, like, shown in yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. Where the story was more compelling in the first one. I agree. That's why I like the first one more. So do the stories get more compelling after the Egypt arc and more like the beginning, or...? Uh, not right away. Okay. Diamond is unbreakable is bad. But the Golden Wind is a much more compelling story. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Then I've been watching Kaguya-sama, Love is War. And that show's great. It's it's all the tease of a, like, a show like Nisekoi, but then with better comedy. Like, Nisekoi's funny at time, times, but mostly it's drama. And this one is much more heavy on the the thriller and comedy aspect, I would say. Whereas, yeah, like Nisekoi is very much the drama aspect of it. Uh, what else? I finished uh, my top anime of last year, which I gave it the top spot without finishing it. And mm-hmm. that's Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And it, it was still finished really well, although there's one arc I don't like, and that's with Mai's younger sister, and they, like, switch bodies because she's jealous of her. That one was bad, <laughs> but all the other ones are really good. Um, so it's still my favorite. Uh, no sword art has actually happened since we recorded because they skipped a week, and then they had a recap episode, so. Oh, 18.5? Yeah. And, and But then, like, this week they skipped it, or maybe I checked the day too early, but... No, it's got they got nineteen out. Oh well, then I checked here early <clears throat> this morning because it wasn't out. <laughs> so I started yeah. Sword Art. I'm up to episode ten, mm-hmm. and <sighs> it's not as stupid as Gun Gale Alternative. Um, well, at least you know it's not predictable. It's not. Well, nothing could be that dumb. That is true. But uh, that show was ridiculous. The the. the the in-game stuff is so much fun to watch, but the mm-hmm. out-of-game stuff is so fucking dumb. Like, how do you get into this like ultra-secure military base? Ah, oh, my my computer-generated daughter put my face on your server, so now when I look, you look at it, I'm I'm cleared, my clearance. <laughs> yeah. This person I've never worked with or know of helps me. Sc- ah, it's just so dumb. Luckily, I mean, though I like Asuna as a character, perhaps the only character I like in that show, I'm glad I don't have to see her any of her. Like, since episode 10, she, they've never gone back to real life, which oh, I enjoy. Okay. So, uh, yeah, good. Because those parts were fucking dumb. I'm at and... the point where they just escaped from the cathedral prison or whatever, mm-hmm. because they... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, why do they keep building these machines? Bad things keep happening. And I love like... the fact that, like, all these companies are too lazy, just like... Well, this one guy created the thing. Fuck it. We're not going to create the kernel or nothing. We're not going to tweak nothing. The core mm-hmm. gameplay is the same. We'll just slap on different uh, scenarios and stuff. Well, the guy's like such a clearly a bad guy. Like at the end, they're going to reveal that 
he paid that man to stab Kirito and put him in a coma. I'm oh, sure. Oh, probably. I love that. Why did? Because he says he's like devel- developing it for like the military, and Austin is like, "But why did you take him here and not the hospital?" Like he said, and yeah. he's like, "It's the best way to save him." And she's like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, like, all right. Why I'm... would she be okay with that? <laughs> so why did stupid." You kidnap him? And she, she's like, "That seems fine." I love the fact too that like. His parent, his mom doesn't know. His sister doesn't know. Like, no, the only person that knows is is government Asuna man and the government. Yeah, so also, dumb. If you're in Japan, I imagine that paints him as even more of a bad guy because he's talking about like a proactive military force that mm-hmm. uses AI, which is like completely counter to the Japan Defense Force yeah. philosophy. So. I'm sure it's even more apparent. Like, the foreshadowing is even worse. If you're in Japan, you're probably like, eh, he's obviously a villain. But you have to wait until the end to find out. Yeah. But yeah, he's no. Even like, and and that's like, not annoying. I mean, because that's been... I, I have never watched any sword art, but it seemed like it was always bad to me. It is. <laughs> okay. I think it's one of these things I keep torturing myself because I know the characters. I've spent enough time in the world where I'm just like, Okay, I will just suffer more for the sake because sword art's popular, and it can't get worse, right? Yeah, I was gonna say it's the sunk cost fallacy where I'm too invested, but it's more like Stockholm syndrome at this point. Sword art keeps beating me, and I keep coming back. Yeah, so it's like a jilted. I'm a, like a jilted girl. But oh. because like Gungale was so fucking bad and ridiculous, like this well, one's Gungale is at least interesting until he like. The most clear cut, like, we're not even going to foreshadow. We'll just tell you without telling you. And then sure as shit, they stuck with it. Ending. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you knew the ending six episodes prior to the show. Well, you're talking about original Gun Gale. I'm talking about the alternative where it was actually bad and written very poorly. Yeah, 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 with with the pink haired girl. Right. Original Gun Gale's predictable, but not bad. Gun Gale's objectively written poorly. Yeah, true. I mean, I would say something that's predictable is bad, almost. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But I, I've had fun watching. I've had fun watching the in-game stuff with this new world, and I really like the fact. Um, now that I know the controversy, you know, of episode. I think it was episode nine. Uh, ten. Ten was it? Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it really helped play of the situation and it helped the story move forward because it was such an egregious act that was occurring that yeah i mean that seems like the strongest in the whole show maybe yeah. all of all sword art in, in its entirety which is surprising because original sword art did like the weird pedophile rapey scenes and it just didn't help the plot at all and this yeah. is what we'll get into in goblin slayer i suppose later but <laughs> but this one actually did and yushio is honestly helping sword art succeed as a series he's the like co-protagonist to kirito another guy and it works one because he's not a girl that has to fall in love with kirito i hope and two because he's uh foil isn't the right word but he like looks up to kirito is like he doesn't succeed at anything he looks up to him because he he has the strength and the knowledge to do stuff that he can't do with right, so it's refreshing to see like a foil to Kirito that doesn't love him, and it's like honestly making sword art enjoyable for Not me. A foil. Would you say a foil? You mean a? It can still be a foil. He's opposite in the regard that he is not 
the do anything male protagonist. I uh, guess yeah, he's not true. opposite in that he's a villain, but he's like the uselessness almost of the female characters that have to fall in love with Kirito because they're not as strong. Yeah, you well, know, a, I just thought of. Without, you know, Without the love aspect, he yeah. has like brotherly love, and it works so much better. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred uh, percent. I believe it's like Kirito can actually be himself while having to mm-hmm. be like the cool Kirito. Um, you know, I found funny too was you know she finds out all this information, she's on the thing, she's still allowed to go back into the VR world and like blab about it to everybody. Hey guys, I'm on the secret ship, and this crazy stuff that Kirito told me. Oh man, pretty crazy. Wish you were here. All right, gotta go. Bye. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch the movie, but that's no. also the problem the movie had. Is because like the movie obviously is fan service for anyone who liked the show, so they have to include every character mm-hmm. in case you that was your favorite. And honestly, that was like the biggest symptom of why the movie sucked is because mm-hmm. like everything that happened to Kirito and Asuna was like conveyed a scene later to like twelve other people, so you can get all their reactions in case you like them as a character. Oh, geez. and it just. It really degrades from like the storytelling, similar to the yeah, the scene you're referencing in this series where she goes back and talks to like the harem of Kirito, and it's pointless from a storytelling point because you already know everything that happened because she's just relaying it. But they're like, we got to get tiny dragon Volley's reaction to Kirito being hurt. Yeah, like, oh, because no. what if that's someone's favorite? Yeah. <laughs> it's really egregious, and which is why I like the game where it's just him and the guy, and it works so much better. And you don't have to do that in anime movies. I mean, they made anime movies of Madoka Magica, and they were good. Arguably better than the series in some ways. I guess the first two are just retelling, but yeah, the third one's good. Yeah, the third. I mean, but even those retellings are, you know, well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, the, the third movie is just incredible. I think the difference is, though, I mean, while Madoka was loved by the hardcore fans it never got tv it never got as popular whereas sword art has a huge following in the west i mean heck mm-hmm. they just started showing the the dubbed episodes on uh toonami and i think I for mean, them it's just a cash it's just another hey put something out with sword art with the, on the name of it boom money printed but toonami used to show i mean toonami showed things like um Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I, I get that. But I'm just saying <laughs> when you're saying these hey, were when... not like. All, I, I don't know. Maybe it's different now because anime is more accepted. But Toonami Isn't used to show weird? things that were not like that. I gotta stop yeah, right no. there. Isn't it weird that now anime is like the cool thing? Like you, Zach, you or Zellar, you and I are older. We're yeah. in our 30s and 40s. and and your 40s. <laughs> and so like isn't it weird that anime is like I mean it's cooler but it's still definitely Oh yeah 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 it's not like edge. people are like yeah no I I it's not like people are going hey did you watch that anime episode last night or on the water cooler <laughs> It was yeah, right after the NFL game Right after exactly right after yeah, the Cowboys yeah. game But no it's definitely you know not the way it used to be. Yeah, it's def- I mean, but that's because of things like Crunchyroll and, oh, yeah, and stuff like this. Because yeah. you don't have cool. to go through such weirdo great lengths to you know view it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't agree. have to like borrow a DVD <laughs> or VHS. Don't have Thanks, to go to Family Netflix. Video and rent it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I don't know if it's cooler. I mean, I personally didn't get into anime until college because it was such a nerdy thing to do in high school. Although now it's been eight years, but I'm still not that old. Um. 
but yeah, I do see more people talk about it, but usually it's people I don't want to talk about it with that like sword art. There's people at my work who <laughs> like have Gundam statues on their desk. Yeah, that's always been an IT thing. IT people that are fucking true. nerds. That is true. We are fucking nerds. <laughs> it's like that isn't. I don't think cool. that's too weird of a thing for an IT department. But uh, but I mean, but Gundam is actually like I used to think Gundam was not all that great, and then I watched some of it. And okay, some of Gundam is bad. Like Gundam Unicorn, I watched the opening episode of Gundam Unicorn, and that was hilariously bad. But there's like politics and you know, interesting characters and interesting plot. In Gundam, it's not just robot porn. <laughs> I agree. And robot porn in the sense of like, oh, look how great this mechanical thing is. Not... Yeah, MS Team 006. I remember right. the very first episode, they're trying to dock, and they're like, thrusters, set to 20%. Articulating <laughs> arm, oh, set to 90 degrees. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck this, done. <laughs> I never watched it since. And then I eventually See, it, it, There it. is that there, but there is actually like interesting characters and interesting politics between Mars and Earth and things that are going on. I mean, I've never watched a whole series because, yeah, I got too much of... Well, it's too much of 90%. it. It's getting to the point where it's just like, just tell me the good shit, and then I'll watch that, and then, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. What, what else are you watching there, uh, Zach? Well, I mean, first I wanted to defend the oh, original sorry. point yeah. of... I, I wasn't... I was generalizing that, like, Movies that would be made for sword art have to be fan service and catering to the fans of sword art. Whereas I get Zoldar's opinion of, or not even opinion, observation that movies can be made independently of catering to fans without advancing any new story. But sword art definitely fits in the genre of anime shows that are just going to get a movie to, you know, sell an additional merchandise item, I think. Which is sad. Yeah, but I mean, for a series as a whole... Eh, I didn't expect much. It's fine. <laughs> um, I've been watching Steins Gate. I gotta finish the new season, which is fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, so I watched two of those. I'm only on episode eleven. Oh man! And and then my favorite show. Well, this is tough. I think it's my favorite show of the season, The Promise Neverland, which is the horror one where the kids are being farmed for food and they have to figure out how to escape. And it's still really good. I enjoy it a lot. Um, I recommend it to anyone who likes the psychological thriller slash horror genre. Because where is this one? That sounds very interesting. It's on Crunchyroll. It is okay. Wow, I've not promised to Neverland. It, it's super yeah. good. I love it. Okay, these, yeah, it is. That's currently airing. Okay, these three kids catch on to the fact that they're being harvested by like some sort of monster. Like they've only ever known this orphanage and when people leave the orphanage they say they're being adopted and they never find out. But everyone leaves by the age of thirteen and then one night they follow the like caretaker they call mother, who's just like a human woman, out to like the gate and they find the their friend dead in the back of like the truck and then like these monsters come out and talk about eating them. So then they have to go back and pretend they don't know and somehow outwit and escape. It's it's good. And, like, so far they're just trying to, like, tell, like, who's a spy and how are they going to escape and what does the outside world even look like? And then there's lots of, like, suspenseful moments and it's animated really well. It's really good. Did you ever watch Joker game? Joker's game? No. Okay. That's um, another one that's a psychological issue. It's um, 
before World War, spies in Japan before World War II. It was pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, that it's, it's one you might like as well. And I'm trying to find another one that's um, that's like that. that uh, but go on, sorry. That's fine. And the only other one I'm watching, it's quite a bit this season, but is The Rising of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. And that one's heavily memed on Reddit because it has the cute girls, but it's like a good fantasy show. It's an isekai without being stupid and upsetting. Like, the isekai is he doesn't want to be there, and it turns out out of the four legendary heroes, he gets the shield, and everyone in this fantasy world hates the shield hero. He has, like, a bad rep. So no one helps him. He doesn't get any money. No one joins his group. So he's, like, struggling to make it in the isekai world. And as I said last time we recorded, it's not the comedy that Kono Suba does with it. It's just like a normal fantasy shows with the man struggling instead of making fun of the struggling. Yeah, it's it's good. Well, so you're leaving out because that's the only one this season that I'm watching, and you're leaving out the controversy on that one. But I'm glad you because we were joking before that um, you know he was making me sound like a uh, before we started recording, but um. The, but yeah, that's the one I'm watching too. And I started watching that one because of the controversy, because it was, hey, this guy is accused of raping somebody falsely, but people don't believe him. Um, but yeah, like you say, it is an actually a good fantasy show. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it actually made me like feel things, which is weird for a fantasy you know, <laughs> show and a fantasy anime show. I'm not meant I mean, to feel. Well, no, I mean, it's not like if, if I was watching Neverland or whatever, I would expect mm-hmm. that. But I was expecting to watch this to be like, oh, just fun little, little show. But his like his relationship with the raccoon dog girl, whose name I don't remember. Raccoon um, dog. <laughs> I think she's just a raccoon, but yeah. Okay. Uh, is very, you know, very moving and well Ragtalia. done. And um, in the recent episodes, the, you know, the bird is the bird is, is bird lolly the he bird lolly character yes is definitely there for that uh, but is very interesting too and you know mm-hmm. and it's fun watching him develop from going like these people are all shit i hate them all they can all go you know jump off a cliff to actually being a good guy and caring for them but not trying to act like he is he'll like yeah, he'll he gets a skill at one point that like makes medicine better, and he'll try to he'll yeah. help people and try to hide that he's helping. He's like, people. as long as I get money. Well, but he's not really doing it just for the money, you know? Right? Yeah, it's obvious that's the cover, so he doesn't have to like say he's a nice guy. He's like, well, I charged exactly. him a lot of money. Clearly, I'm not being nice. <laughs> and I I also enjoy the fact that the other heroes are complete idiots. At least the um. Well, two of them are unknown, and, like, the teaser for the episode, I I don't know if it's out and I haven't seen it, but it shows, like, the dragon being dead, and I suspect the man that they're saying just goes around killing, the sword hero that goes around killing all the monsters probably created some problem, and I imagine mm-hmm. the shield hero is going to go clean it up. That, that should be predictable from what's happened thus far in the show. I mean, yeah, the last time the spear hero created a problem and the shield hero went and created and to clean it right, up. Right, so now it's going to be the sword man. Yeah. And then at the end, they're probably going to be like, oh, he was good the whole time. Yeah. Whoops. Which is fine yeah. that it's it's predictable like that. You know, I get the feeling thing because 
Although I don't think it's it's too emotional. I didn't wait. No, there's no point in me talking about how I felt. the The point is, I see the emotion because previously every isekai I've watched, uh, which I was trying to stress, either does like the it's a fantasy world and fantasy things are going to happen, and it's like the main character is like the self insert for succeeding at everything. Uh, ReZero is a little different, but it, it still doesn't do it as well as this one. Or it's Konosuba, where every point of tension is handled with comedy. And this one actually, like, deals with the tension and as you said, like, a more emotional, real way. Yeah. Whereas before, I mean, it's... it's like the fantasy hero succeeds or laughs it off. Now it's like he struggles and deals with it, which is different. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Um, and I just found the one that I was talking about before. It's not um, from the New World, which I think I reviewed a while ago. And if you have not seen, you should watch... Um, oh, I, I like that one. No one talked about it when it was out, though. No, but that's that's a really great show. That um, show's like if you, it's like a love letter to philosophy. You have to do some reading to enjoy that show, or know things, I guess, from beforehand. Right, but what I'm yeah. saying, it, it's much more highbrow than other anime I've seen. Oh My yeah, I yeah. watch it and gave up because like it's boring. And what do they mean by this? And I'm like, well, you gotta you know gotta think about it for yourself or do some reading. Uh huh. But yeah, but that's a. But I mean, and I was I wasn't expecting anything approaching that in this, and the fact that this mm-hmm. is like one percent of the way there, you know, was was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I've been watching, I've been enjoying that a whole lot, and the animation's good, the action's good. Um, in the the most recent episode, watching the bird fight the big plant was really cool. Uh, yeah. Um, the and it has good you know kind of character interactions as well the um i mean we still don't know do we the other kingdom that was somehow interacting with the princess uh during the horse race what they're about do we like no people that look like they came from a more industrialized area yeah it seems like it's like the girl's mother in hiding or something I imagine it's okay. going to be someone that wants the throne or wants to manipulate her into getting it. Hmm. Okay. Because the character just looks like her mom. They look the yeah, same. Yeah, that's true. And there is a woman that's kind of like back-to-back with her in the opening that I don't think we've met officially yet. Yeah. Hmm. It looks like that character. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, the other thing I finished, I watched um, all of... I finished up another older show. I finished up... Um, R.G. Volen, A-R-G-E-V-O-L-L-E-N, which, you know, there's a lot of anime shows where it starts really well and ends badly. This was the exact opposite. It started badly but ended really well. Hmm. Um, It's a mech show, and, you know, and it starts and it goes through normal like mech war stuff and there's a little bit of undercurrent of ooh evil corporations are the ones that are manipulating uh the the war and keeping it going but then it just kind of puts that aside for a long time and kind of deals with a some inner some anti-drone type stuff that doesn't work all that well and i thought it was going to go in an evangelion route of having man the man melding with the machine and stuff and i was just like okay this is not <laughs> good but toward the end it goes really deep in the into the conspiracy of between the 
in industrial military industrial complex and you know having and does some things with the characters and how all that works that are very is very interesting and is very well done um and sets up you know an interesting dynamic for the last like six episodes or so 24 and it's unfortunate that the first like 13 20 years no 13 or so are just not really good um but so i finished that up and you know if you can it's uh, i can't remember the other one that i watched that it reminded me of that um it's not as good as let's see if i can find it quickly but uh the do 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 so it was, you know, it's worth watching if you're looking for something, you know, you like a mech show and you're looking for something that's a little um, different. Uh, then I've been watching the Fruit of Garissa, which I stopped watching. It's actually based off of a... Yeah, have you played the visual novel? I know about that one. No, I have not, but I stopped watching it because I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be a hentai, but it's actually, like, not. It's, like, really, like, depressing and stuff. I need to go find the visual novel or somebody playing the visual novel and watch it because... It's good. I've played the first part. This... Uh, I didn't play all of them because it's just way too long. <laughs> right, yeah. and I'm... Uh, because it, like, is... I'm watching the visual novel now, and it's, like, actually really good. Mm-hmm. They're very impressed. I'm like, this is not what I expected at all. What is this? Uh, yeah, it's up there in like a, so, a league of its own in visual novels. That's on most yeah. people's like top ten. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely I've dabbled in visual novels. You should keep watching it or play it because I hear it's better than the show. Obviously. Um. Yeah, I know. I'm definitely going to keep doing that. And the reason yeah. I got into it is because it gets it gets really dark and depressing and like underworldy whereas the, the first one is just very normal visual novel fair where he goes to a school and there's four cute girls and you get to talk to them and then like at the end of the first one it hints at like really dark themes so i mean yeah they they you get into the girls routes there are some screwed up individuals mm-hmm. that, um, definitely and he is too and that's why he's there they hint at the that... special school but they don't reveal it right away yeah, yeah no they've i haven't gotten to um where they've where they've talked about him enough <clears throat> to um think ah it's Aldino Zero. That's what it reminded me of. Uh but it was not as good. Mm. So if you like Aldino Zero and you're looking for that, Arg Argvalen is not as good as Aldino Zero, but in the same vein. Um the Aldino Zero does a better job of putting the politics front and center. Uh, and I wish they had done that more in uh, Ard- Uh So yeah, I mean, I was ex- when I was watching um, Fruit of Garissa, I was expecting something like Shin Kohime Muso, which is most definitely just a funny little anime series of animes based off a hentai visual novel, um, mm-hmm. and is is like Ichi for the sake of Ichi, but it is not that at all. Uh, Fruit of Garissa is depressing, man. Yeah, and there's very few like payoff, I guess you could say, hentai scenes in the game. Like yeah, that's, that's just like the end. 
And it's right. for the purpose of being intimate with the character that you spent mm-hmm. the whole arc mm-hmm. with, where it's very much not the for the sake of fan service. Right. I mean, it's like in Shield Hero or like in God Slayer, which we'll get to. It's to set the world up or to set the inner relationship between the characters up, not for just like, you know, Ichi for the sake of Ichi. Not that there is anything wrong with Ichi for the sake of Ichi. Boy, no, I love High School DxD. <laughs> exactly. I watch. It feels Shin hilarious Shin. with great fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, but it needs to know when it wants to be what. Yeah. It can't I mean, conflate like, the two. I watch Fate Kilion Liner, so I mean, you know. Oh well, I guess being established as as a, as a pervert was fine in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> That show exchanges mana with underage girls kissing. Ew. Ew, yeah. <laughs> it actually goes some interesting places toward the end, but uh, yeah, mostly it's just Ichi for the sake of Ichi. Yeah. Um, Anything else? I'm catching up on a little bit on the original Fist of the North Star. I am into where it gets bad, evidently, because um, I'm at the end of the first route. Was it good uh, thus far or no? I mean, yeah, no, it's really good up until about like episode hmm. twenty-four. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's like it's like the early JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I mean, it's doesn't have the style of JoJo. It doesn't have you know the posing and the manliness and all this kind of stuff. But it's definitely it doesn't really... have the best parts. <laughs> but it, I mean, it has it has really good action. It has really good like you know, you don't know you're already dead. Yeah. That is the quotable quotable uh, scene from it, and uh, the the aura 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 it comes basically from Star. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's been pretty good and enjoyable. Yeah, you got to watch the uh, Promise Neverland. I think you'll like it. Um, I needed to watch find a way to watch Chaos Head because I want to watch Chaos Child, but I think it's up on Funimation. Yeah, I know they had it. Um. Is that like the lesser Steinsgate, like the same yeah. Yeah. universe? Yeah, yeah. Same universe. Yeah. How so? The new Steinsgates, I haven't watched any of those. I was because I'm afraid they were going to ruin the original one. <clears throat> no, it uh, doesn't. Which is one of my favorite shows of all time. They no, don't. They're, they're actually right. good. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, uh, just a few things I'm watching that you guys haven't talked about yet. Um, still watching uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Still not really enjoying it, but I'm finishing it for the sake of finishing it. I still <laughs> hold out hope that something of benefit will happen. I don't know who is liking this show. It's like number two on the karma list every week for our anime. And I'm like, why? Like, it's just so dumb. There's no... Yeah, everyone likes it. And it seems to be a lot of people that enjoyed like the manga or the novel or whatever it was. But then they like the anime too. Well, that so I can only assume, I can only assume it's like a symptom of sword <laughs> art, where like both are written poorly, and I'm well, sure fans will tell me to go read the novel. I mean, I complained last time, but the same thing continues to happen. Ultimately, there's some kind of uh, hurdle that needs to be, you know, vanquished, and uh, oh, it it fucking gets done with little to no drama, and it's just oh, yep, it's done. It's not gonna do anything. There's a bunch of weak. Weak weebs out there that like Kirito's self-insert, and every fantasy show has to have this the Mary Sue character who defeats everything without trying. Yeah, I guess it's upsetting. So I found a show that my wife and I were watching together called "My Roommate Is a Cat." <laughs> okay, it's awesome. 
Now, is it a cat girl or an actual cat? It's an actual cat. This is the premise. Okay. So the current premise is, is this kid lost both his parents, and now it's a couple years later. He's a writer, and he finds a cat out in the uh, road or street or something as he's walking home. So he brings it in, but he gets so zoned in. Like, the first episode is, like, him getting so zoned in to his work, he forgets to eat and stuff. So, like, the cat, like... Is like giving him, trying to give him food, and then you go to the, and then you also hear from the cat's point of view, where he's like, "Oh my god, you gotta eat! Yeah, you're gonna die!" It's just cute. Yeah, the cat, the cat's so cute looking. I looked at the picture. It is. I mean, the cat is. It's like a streetwise cat and a, you know, a. It is. He is. Yeah, and they have other cats who are like, are like uh, different character, like stereotypes. There's like tough cats and I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, domestic girlfriend, still good. I, I I get to a point where I'm like, what the what else can they fucking do? And they find something more to do. <laughs> I mean, like, I loved it. Fucking episode seven. The teachers like, they went on a trip together, and like. They end up talking about what happened in a previous episode, and she goes, "All right, let's go be together. Let's go kill ourselves." Yeah. With the impact of, if we do this, this is like committing suicide. This cannot happen. <laughs> I assume killing yourself is like committing suicide. No, 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 no. What I mean, like, if we want to be together as a couple. Oh, okay. I'm because like, I'm it's so confused. taboo between siblings. Yeah. You're pretty much t- committing double suicide. Mm-hmm. I hope in the end they uh, move to Alabama. I do too. No, Utah. <laughs> Utah. Come on now. Hey. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I've been... Oh. I, I, I get to the point where it's like, what more can they do? They're just a character who's fucking easy. And she's kind of dumb. And she's had like 35 boyfriends. And basically she just wants to fuck every guy. And, like, it's caused her problems because, like, some are abusive and this and that, but she seems kind of dumb about it. Um, just, they keep introducing stuff where I'm just, every week I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Uh, how are they going to finish this up? What are they going to do to keep me interested? And they always find something to keep me interested to the next episode. So, hmm. five more episodes left. So, I don't know. We'll see. And then, based on reading... The Reddit post for Domestic Girlfriend. Someone recommended uh, Kimi Kimi to Machi. We live in this town. Holy shit, this show is so fun. Um, It really throws back. It was done in 2013. Um, I've watched the first two episodes and I've really, really enjoyed them. Although there is a little bit of glitch, cliche there, but um, the art style really reminds me of stuff uh, like the early '90s, like Kim Kim uh, Kimigo Orange Road, where it's like a lot of pastel colors and everything looks like it was colored in like dark pastels or like even water. It's very water painty looking. Yeah, it looks awesome, and it just reminds you of early '90s anime, where they got the thick 
cell shading colors around the characters and it's been interesting it's really been interesting they start with a shot explaining previous and then they cut to present day and then they go back to what led up to the present day situation so I don't know if it's telling the entire story until the last episode I don't know I've only watched the first two episodes but I've really had fun watching it and I hope it stays as good but uh mm. yeah um yeah that lasted a lot longer than I thought it would but uh yeah that is what we're watching um, we should probably get into the DVD picks. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Or, uh, no, I'm all out. All right. Well, yeah. this episode's over. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm definitely going to have to check out Promise Neverland. Reading about it a little bit, it looks pretty interesting. It is. Cool. There you go. All right, DVD picks. It's another week, and more DVDs are being released. What should you get? It's time for the weekly DVD picks. Oh, yeah. All right, Zach. What do you got? I get to do it even with the guest. Yes. I'm so well established. Yes. We can't do it. <laughs> On February 26th, we have Kino's Journey, Kino Logic from Luck and Logic, Bondi Visuals Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. Is that one of the bad ones? That's that's a bad one. So you mean you wouldn't pay $600 for it? Because uh, no. the oh Blu-ray Complete Edition import is 600 Holy shit. <laughs> we got Adu Galaxy Express 999, the movie. Oh. I guess it, maybe it's 999 I just read it no, 999 like the game. Yeah, okay. it's, that's the way they say it in the show. Okay, good. And the the game didn't lead me astray. Yep. Beyblade V Force. Oh shit! Seriously? Is, is that exciting? What is that? <laughs> I know what Beyblade is, but is V Force something? V I Force is the ultimate version of Beyblade. Okay, I wouldn't know. I, I mean, it was on when I was a kid, but I, I don't. I, mean, just I was never interested in the Beyblades. Oh, you had me sold. It could have been the ultimate version. I don't know. <laughs> just tell me. We can't. Uh, the normal Galaxy Express nine nine nine. Because a do might be different. We got Inu Kami complete collection, Twilight of the Cockroaches. Okay, I gotta look up this. Yeah, what the hell? Does anyone know what Twilight of the Cockroaches no. is? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's see. First off, when did it air? It's from 1987. Well, it's a go. movie directed by wait Hiroaki Yoshida. I don't know. Sounds familiar. Hmm. Uh, did he do anything else? No idea. Let's click his name on IMDb. Oh my god, no, he did something. It was just that and the last bullet. Huh. Um, it's weird. It's very, like, Disney-esque. So it is anime. Yeah. Huh. It's anime looking Disney-like. I guess it's just, like, a bad movie. It doesn't look great. Hybrid film with animated cockroaches interacting with live-action actors. What? Oh. Okay. Oh. In a, tra- in a trashy bachelor pad lived a colony of roaches who were able to roam freely for food or for games. Because of the homeowner being gentle with the roaches, they have no fear of traps, spray, or being stepped on. However, when the homeowner starts bringing over a woman over, that's how it's written, uh, life starts to change for the roaches who are already living an easy life. 
the synopsis is even written terribly. Mm-hmm. You remember that movie in the '90s called like Dave's Apartment, and like they had the cockroaches and stuff. This yep. is what reminds me of like no, this is the that's the American version of the show. Yeah, maybe that's, I'm not familiar. The only thing I can think of with like live actors and animated otherwise things are like videos I watched in health class that were from the nineties. <laughs> Cause I guess I grew up like after most of that. And, uh, that sounds like a weird time. You you never watched like um, Roger Rabbit or any of these kind of things. Okay. I've watched that. Yeah. Okay. That's, so yeah. I guess that's the successful version of this movie. Yeah. yeah Roger Rabbit. Yeah, but... yeah. And then there was the weird, um, I guess Tina space Turner. jam. I like space. Yeah. Jam. Yeah. There's a weird Tina Turner video, two steps forward, one step, uh, no, one step forward, two steps back, where she dances with a cat. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, the opposite attract video. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. It's a different time back then. <laughs> it was. That sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got Aria the Scarlet Ammo. Is that a re-release? Like. Oh, no, it's double Classics. A. So this is like oh. the sequel. Gotcha. It I is couldn't, too, I couldn't get over the scene of the machine gun uh, mounted Segway chase. What the? Is that like, in the wait, beginning of the first yes, season? In the first season, yes. I enjoyed the first season, though it's ridiculous because, like, the premise is she's Sherlock Holmes or something, and her rival is the the thief he never caught. I forget the name from uh, Sherlock no, Holmes. Moriarty. Yeah. Moriarty. that's like the weirdo premise and then they're just girls with guns and swords that fight it has nothing to do with Sherlock Holmes they're not detectives or anything and I enjoyed the first season though it was ridiculous and the second season sucks so not interested it's hard to go wrong with you know little girls with big guns and swords I mean you know well they managed to in the second season second season okay well yeah the first one's fine that takes work Mm mm-hmm Oh, speaking of, uh, have you ever watched Chivalry of a Failed Knight? No, never even heard of that one. Okay, you gotta watch it, because it's the first... Okay. I- I've been on a quest since the beginning of my anime watching career to find a magic high school show that wasn't stupid. And this is the first one. I, I like the theme of, like, they have swords and special abilities, and it's the high school slice of life show, and they gotta go fight people. Eh, but usually they're all really dumb, for obvious reasons. One... Well, wait, what do you mean by like a? Because I would say Madoka Magica is a magical high school girl show and is no. not stupid. No, that's just a deconstruction of magical girl genre. I'm talking about like uh, they live in like a real world setting, but fantasy magic is real, and they're also high schoolers. Like that matchup. There, there's tons of shows that are like that. Okay, so like well, the original, the, the... Um, like. Sailor Moon type shows. Right. But, okay. But like a little more action. They, they did it with like, uh, there's one called Magic Wars, which sucked. I mean, I guess they couldn't come up with a better name than that. So of course it was bad. Uh, a lot of people like the regular at Magic High School, but that show I didn't like because the main character is just Kirito, hmm. basically. But this one is the first one that's good. So that's what it made me think of with the girls with swords and guns and you can't go wrong. <laughs> that, one, that one also has a good male lead, and Chivalry of a Failed Knight is a good show, so I wanted I wanted to plug it. All right. Continuing. We got Garo Vanishing Line, Love, Light, and Sunshine, Season 2. 
boy, do I love my idol shows, but I, I couldn't get into the, the Sunshine characters, so I never even finished season one. But I do like the first season of that show, of Love Live. Uh, Luck and Logic. Didn't that just come up, or did I read that earlier? Nah, there was oh, yeah. a, you're thinking the puzzle one. Well, earlier I read Hina Logic from Luck and Logic, and now this is just Luck and Logic. Ah. We got Yokai Watch, season one. And just because I don't I don't know any of these shows. And on the fifth of March we have some name I can't read. Ramens Hakata Takatsu Ramens Tankatsu I don't know. Uh, Liz and the Bluebird Code Geass movie trilogy. Ooh, huh? I've had that for a while. I should finish watching it. I never even started. Well, shame because it didn't have Lelouch in it. Although it does not. Sometime there'll be Lelouch, the only character I cared about, and he'll be in the new one. I still want Lelouch, the fucking Seven Eleven clerk. Damn it! What is that a reference to? There was a fan like comic where mm. they put Lelouch as a uh, like a cashier at Lawson's or Family Mart. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. Well, I know from the like the the failed devil show where he manages the McDonald's or whatever. Oh, the I devil's a part timer. Yeah, he did that show, so I hope it's not. What? That show was awesome. Uh, Fuck off. No, that show was bad attempts at comedy, hey, and then the, no. the girl that worked there with huge tits, hey, and then sh- bad action. Hey, no. <laughs> it's a bad show. You should feel bad. What's a good show? And I felt great. I want more. Okay, you can have it. I don't want it. We got Star Mew season one and We Without Wings. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the next two weeks. Can't say there's anything that sticks out. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, uh, uh, Galaxy Express nine nine is really good. Uh all of it. Um hmm. that is that's a really good show. Uh and Kino's Journey, I've heard a lot of good things about. Uh, but those are so the, the others. Yeah, most of the others I don't even know. Uh, would Charlotte fit in your group of um, high schoolers with powers type shows? Out of curiosity. Hmm. Um. Not entirely. Not entirely. The, the overlap is the powers, but that show is much more about the drama than it was. Like, really, I just want to show where. Yeah, I mean, I want Chivalry of a Failed Night. This is the show. It's. <laughs> It's All right. high school people. The The guy is strong, but doesn't use it to win over everyone. The girls like him, but for a reason. And then they go battle people, and, like, uh, the mall gets attacked, and they're the only ones there with powers, and they gotta save normal people and stuff. And, like, it's like the, the magic high schoolers, Power Rangers, is how I would describe it. <laughs> or Sailor Moon was a good description. Okay. I like that type of show, but I like the characters to have some sort of dimension. Hey, Zach. And this one... Those are good. Yeah. I take back my thing. I just looked up my uh, mail score. I gave it a five. Yeah, get the fuck out of here with your average <laughs> show you're defending. I mean, you should still feel bad you rated hey, it. Hey, it was long ago. I don't remember anymore. Yeah, it's no good. It's not good. But anyway, Maybe. Chivalry of Failed Night's great because okay. you may like the main you. the main girl really likes them, and it's like mutual. And instead of becoming a harem show, they just start dating, and they have reason to like each other. And they inspire each other to get stronger and do different stuff. And it's like they manage to do it 
without being a fan service show and have real characters and the action scenes are very cool. So Charlotte yeah. does some of the action, but it's more of the angel beats version of that type of genre where it's a lot of drama and then it's rushed all at the end. So though I really liked Charlotte or what it could have become, the end made me sad and it's not the same genre I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Um, you want to talk a little closer to your mic? Solar? I, I did not like, um, there you go. Angel beats that that's a, um, bad version of uh, my favorite type of anime of Hana by Rinme, which is a much better version of Angel Beats. But I should uh, watch that then. You should, you should watch Hana by. <laughs> I, I like Angel Beats in the capacity that it was enjoyable and like emotional and unique to me. But the ending is just like objectively bad that I don't like it. <laughs> it it just went too fast. You know, yeah. it was it was weird. It's like I wanted more or less. You know. They either needed right. to just focus on solving one character's problems or go into detail on all of them. I think I reviewed it at one point. Um, but did. yeah, it was... Yeah, the problem is reviews. the first half they spend being goofy and it's fine. But yeah, and then right. they rush all the serious part. <laughs> exactly. And they needed it's... to be goofy with one serious part or just all serious. They all need serious. to get rid of the goofy yeah. to fit it in. Yeah. Hanabe Rinme does a much better job of mixing the... It starts really serious. It has a little bit of goofy, but the goofy is there as, like, to get you prepared for the getting serious, and it gets real serious real fast. Um, hmm. So, yeah, if you haven't seen Hanabe Rinme, you should watch that. Uh, hmm. It may be a little hard to find now. I have it on DVD, but not sure. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into Goblin Slayer, guys. Yeah. So, you know, the, the controversy on Goblin Slayer, as I understand it, is, is that it was, you know, full of rape and violence, and it was all about the rape and violence, and there was nothing else there. This couldn't be farther from the truth. Sure, it's not, like, great literature. It's not Hamlet. It's not even Hanabe Rinmei, But <laughs> it's a fun show with interesting characters and interesting plot and interesting fights. And maybe this says more about me. I mean, I was you know, joking about the things I watched before, but <laughs> I did not find the any of the stuff that was there, you know, above what I would consider PG-13. Um, the first episode, the first episode, a priestess in a fantasy world joins a group of people and goes into a cave to fight goblins. Uh, there is an ent a party wipe of everybody except her. And yes, when you get, when the goblins, you know, kill you, they don't really kill you. They basically rape you and torture you. And, but it's not really shown. It's hinted at. It's like at one point, so she meets somebody who is a, another warrior who saves her. And she tries, as being a priestess, she tries to heal one of the people who is hurt. And she cannot, because the goblins have poisoned her, basically. And the character who we come to know is called Goblin Slayer has to kill her, because if they just leave her behind, it's going to be worse than being dead, basically. The things the goblins are going to do to her. So yes, it has a dark tone, but it's not like this is some show where the whole point here is we're going to just see people get, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. I think we should set up the whole initial scene. Set set me up the party and their downfall. Okay. Because this is important for illustrating the controversy, I think, or else people can't really understand that it did its job. So the party is a bunch of really young people who are just starting out. Yeah, and they're um, very cocky. And they're very cocky. Like in the general of these type of shows, they have ratings for the adventurers. Um, I think they go from like... Uh, I don't didn't write this part down. But Think of any any game you video yeah, game you play yeah, from like they, bronze to diamond type stuff. Right. Yeah. They do them. They do them on levels. Yeah, and they're, the, the, they're the, lowest, the worst ones. <laughs> yeah. These are all the worst, the lowest ones, and they're all cocky. They're like, yeah, I took away a um a goblin from my town once or something. You know, I killed a goblin who was trying the to be ma- made The by magic town. girl was top of her magic class, right. but never magic actually fought anyone. Magic class, never fought anybody. The priestess, I think, had just graduated from the temple. Um, she's the less cocky one, but it's and like... she's the less cocky one. Goaded by them into joining. Mm-hmm. And she is the only one who survives. Hint, maybe? I don't know. Well, no, yeah, I think it's very probably. important because... Mm-hmm. Uh, part of when I defended it last episode is I said their setup is cocky and arrogant, and the reason their downfall is so harsh and such a good like plot device is because they were that way, right? Exactly. It, it would be almost like excessively dark if they're like very cautious and then they just get all raped and killed brutally. And it's like, what are they trying to show that like the world is hopeless? <laughs> but this one was like they underestimated the goblins. They were all cocky and they got fucked up for it, and that's like. A good way to tell it, right? I didn't. I would just wasn't going to focus on them because they're they are only for the first episode. They're there to show kind of the world is harsh. Mm-hmm. And well, we have to focus on them if we're going to discuss the, the controversy. controversy. Okay, that's true. That's true. Um, but the rest of the show is not like that, and that's what I think is an important point to make. That that's mm-hmm. there for a reason, and it's there for the first episode. And it's never, you know, that all this, it's always in the background of this is why we are going out and killing. This is why we need to do so. But it's not like every episode, oh, well, we're going to watch some goblins rape some more people now. That's not what the show is about at all. Uh, it's so, in more than the first episode, though. I mean, you see, like, when they're talking about the backstory of the Golem Slayer and why the way he is, he is, is, you see some things happen, but it's much it's not nearly as bad as even in the first episode. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, yes, I wouldn't want, let my six-year-old watch this, but if you're letting your six-year-old watch things on Crunchyroll, then... So... But it's I too late. I, They're doomed to yeah, liking anime. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. I didn't understand the controversy um, at okay, all. Okay, so really. putting the controversy aside, tell me about the show. Like, what is this show with the people? Right. Got it. Yep. So she's going in and... Everybody dies except her. She meets this character who we come to know as the Gollum Slayer. He saves her, uh, like we're saying, has to end up killing one of the re- one of the party who's been poisoned. Um, she is, needless to say, and one of the things I didn't like is she kind of recovers from this whole experience a little too easily. I thought she wasn't really like emotionally scarred as much as I thought she should be. But she ends up joining the Goblin Slayer, and. Be, they form a semi-party and basically go off and kill goblins. He, his whole reason for being is to kill goblins. 
and he does not accept any quests that do not involve killing goblins, which makes him weird compared to everybody else that's in this world who is all about, oh, nope, we got to go out and level up and kill larger monsters, and the demon king is being reborn. We got to go out and kill him. He's like, nope, we're going to go kill goblins. So, how do you, I wanted, I'm curious, how do you feel about like his obvious character nature, given like the implications of the show being based on D and D. Did you catch that? <laughs> the, the whole opening yeah. song is them rolling dice and they're mm-hmm. talking about gods mm-hmm. that control them. Right. So yes. I heard people complain uh, more unfounded complaints about the show that um, because they were so all one dimensional, it made the show bad. And I'm like, the whole point is that one dimensional characters written by people like us, you know, he's goblin slayer because that's what someone picked to be in dungeons and dragons. But he's not very, I mean, that's what I was going to say too, is that, that if you have, and if your D&D group writes characters that are A, this interesting, B, this creative, then you have a really good D&D group. Because, for example, when he's going to, uh, so, okay, to, so he, does, he does things to fight the goblins that I think are creative. The priestess has a spell that basically creates like a shield and is supposed to be a protection shield. At one point, he uses it to block an entrance to, like, a goblin fortress and is firing fire arrows into the goblin fortress. The goblins now cannot escape, and they literally burn to death. And That's not creative by D&D measures, though. All sorts of wacky stuff happens in D&D. I did not, all my D&D people that I have played with would not have been that creative. Thought oh. Maybe well, you play with better smarter people. people. <laughs> yes, maybe, maybe I do. Because I was impressed by that. Okay. And in another instance, he combines spells to put all the goblins to sleep. Uh, I think he combines the dwarf and the and a spell by the dwarf and a spell by the elf, I think. Um, and literally then goes around while they are sleeping and basically slays each one of the goblins individually. Which is another good point, too, about you needed the first episode to show how bad the goblins are so you're like, you do not feel yeah. disgusted when he's going around slaying individually each one of these sleeping goblins. Yeah, in their sleep. <laughs> in their sleep, literally. And, you know, they, they don't show every one of them, but they show enough of them that mm-hmm. you get the feeling of like, okay, this is kind of not like honorable battle. It's here. goblin genocide. Yeah, basically. It's goblin genocide. And... One of the other characters, actually, so they're, the other characters that eventually join his party uh, are a, a dwarf that's basically a mage, a elf that's an archer, and a reptilian creature who's some, like, fighter-mage hybrid. <laughs> reptilian Native American. I mean, yeah. For some reason, of. yeah, for some reason, a lot of JRPGs and anime, for some reason, like, Native American that casts magic is, like, always a staple type of character and i, I want to know why i want to know why <laughs> lizard native american is like an archetype in japan don't know we don't, we don't consider them mythical having learned about native american history but maybe they just consider them somewhat mythical there i mean there was the whole um like innocent native thing in europe at one point right um i don't know okay but yeah no that's true and i don't but so this is his party and 
the elf, you know, lampshades this whole goblin genocide basically by saying that, like, this is not an adventure. This is not what this is supposed to be like. Uh, let me take you on a real adventure. And, you know, they end up, and maybe this comes more into the D&D stuff, they, she ends up, like, saying, okay, the next time we do this, you can't use A, B, and C mm-hmm. to, you know, so he, each one of the fights, he gets more and more creative and has to do things slightly differently. And that, so that is interesting in and of itself, just the way he takes care of having fighting multitudes of more goblins than he should be able to fight given the party that he has. His strategies, his military prowess, all that kind of stuff. And since he's specialized, since he is, you know, I have know everything there is to know about goblins, he can do this. You know, he has a specific sword that is shorter to swing around in caves. Yeah, uh, they did a good so, job highlighting that because the initial warrior man, when they first fight in the cave, he like draws the sword and hits the roof and he's like, it'll be fine. <laughs> and then it isn't. Right, so exactly. it's nice that for Goblin Slayer, they're like, he's like, I learned that I want a sword I can actually draw in here. Right. But they actually, they do good things with character development as well, which I was not expecting. I mean... Goblin Slayer is an actually interesting character. There are reasons behind the way he is, you know, the way, why he is stoic the way he is. And he doesn't even consider himself an adventurer. You know, he considers himself like a, almost like a pest control person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way they tease that out, and the way they tease out the reasons for it, and the way they tease out his relationship between a, the farm girl who is connected to his past that he's current that he lives with when he's not going out and adventuring is very well done. Um, I thought when I started watching this, oh, this is just going to be a darker, you know, more violent record of Lodos War. This is light years better than Record of Lodos War. If you're, if you, I don't know if you've seen Record of Lodos War, but if you want to go watch what my D&D campaigns were always like, <laughs> that would be what my D&D campaigns were always like. This is way more creative. Um, you know, this, uh, it's been a while since I read the Drizzt novel, but this seems to get almost to that level of creativity in D&D campaigns. Um, so there's good character development. The action is good. The priestess kind of stays naive. She starts naive at one point. She basically, um, goblin slayers like killing goblin babies because I find them in a cave or something, and she, like, all freaks out. Even after the things she went through, she's like, no way, we can't do this. And she grows and comes to, like, understand of, like, no, we kind of have to do this. But she still stays. I took that to, I was giving the writers more credit for that one. I, I was guessing that they kept her innocent because he's the device that allows her to keep her innocence without dying. Right. And, but she still stays caring and these things, but she, you know, gets to the point where it's like, okay, no, I'm going to do these things I have to do to kill these things. Um, I'm curious what you thought was good character development, because that's not something I'd write the show highly on. All the characters stay quite static. I think she changes, and I would say the way they tease out the way the why Goblin Slayer is a backstory at all is more than I expected for this type of show. Um, no, this is like, you know, this is not from the New World. 
even rising in the shield hero probably has a little bit better character development. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I would say by the end, we see the Goblin Slayer change. I would say by the end, we see um, the, the priestess change. Now we don't, we don't learn anything more about the elf, the dwarf and the native American. Lizard native American. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the things I would knock against it. Those characters are not explored. Yeah. Um, the elf, they, we do it a little bit. The elf is explored because she's the lolly character that they got to undress. I mean, that's, I don't call that character development really, but <laughs> they, they develop her a little bit because she's like, this is not what I left my woods to go on adventures. Not what I expected adventures to be like. Right. Yeah. And also because she's an elf though, she's the fan right. service version. She's really old. So she's almost like jaded. Right. Going right. into it. And then she's like, well, actually goblins are pretty crazy and these are high stakes. Like maybe it's worth doing. Yep. And I would say that's a character change for her. Yes. Yeah, um, the, so like another way that they do kind of the things that I think are creative. Um, he, I don't want to give too much away because this is a cool way that he does this fight when he's, I can't have specific things that he can't do they end up finding some magical artifact. And um, he goes back to the person who gave him the quest, who is a very well, I thought, kind of well-developed priestess, higher-level priestess, um, who basically kind of tricked Goblin Slayer into taking this quest. And there's a whole lot of world development that's about, okay, everybody else is worrying about these other things, they're ignoring the goblin, didn't do that, and... That's there's you know it's not explored a whole lot, but the priestess has to do particular things to get some to get people to care about it, because otherwise, well, it's just goblins. We're not going to worry about it. Um, so he finds some magical artifact, and she ends up asking him what he did with it, and he's like, "Well, we couldn't make that the goblins are going to get it again, but we buried it in the bottom of a river, basically." And it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, there. I had if I was a, the game master, I would have like three separate subplot stories that I would affect them of, of ways that I would go um, if they did certain things. But I would not have expected them to like bury it at the bottom of a river and ignore it. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, I don't remember if you remember that scene at all or that character, the older. Uh, oh yeah, I, I remember the whole show. Uh, I mean, that was fine, <laughs> but I mean, the show isn't strong in political intrigue because the world building you get is about the heroes, but they're not named. Right. And then you get like the goblins are a bad guy because they spent all of their backstory developing on why he hates goblins. So to me, the political intrigue scene didn't really mean anything because like you said, it doesn't get much attention. She's like, I'm the leader of this place and one of the heroes, but no one will take my mission because goblins are looked down upon, but you really like killing goblins. And it's like, is that political intrigue or even, just allowing them to help a character? But know. even to get him, she had to basically like do some things or say some things that happened that really didn't. Um, yeah. And I think the, the, like something that was in the, in the sewers where they were doing this was something that she was controlling. And she knew about something because he basically comes back and says, you know, you knew all along, didn't you? Um, which is another good way of showing his intelligence, I thought, too. 
He's um, not just a dumb kill goblin right. guy that doesn't exactly. think about anything because they don't give him much voice lines. You no, know, they don't. See. Um, and but there's again there's reasons that he's that way. That he's stoic the way that he is. Now, is this like a really deep show? Is this uh, no? Again, this is not from the New World. This is not Hannah Barinme, but it has much more than I expected from a fantasy, you know, show. Um, you know, the ri- rising of the shield hero might end up being deeper. I don't know. It may not. It's deeper than Konosuba. That's for certain. Konosuba's oh, I don't know. That, that's almost... Uh, I think a show can be deep and funny. It, Konosuba has to be somewhat deep to parody elements of the fantasy world. I mean, I wouldn't say there's any kind of character development. Konosuba. And... Okay. Yeah, that's fair. If we're defining deep by character development. Okay. I was Uh, thinking, like, if we're defining it by, like, understanding of a genre and how deep the plot is, Konosuba uh, gets fairly deep on the plot, or else it couldn't, like, progress on the fantasy story very well. That's true. That's true. It does. And he, like, gets uh, accused of a crime at one point and might have to prove him innocent. So, yeah, no, it does. You're true there. Uh, It's been a while since I watched Konosuba. Um... But, you know, for for a fantasy show of the type it is, I was very impressed with it. The animation is done very well. Uh, I don't remember anything about the music, so I can't say whether it was any good or not. I suspect it was fine. Besides the lack of character development on the other, um, the other characters that I mentioned, the one thing that annoyed me a little bit is they have these instances where he gets like, I don't know if it's supposed to show that he's just getting really pumped up or if there's supposed to be something more mystical going on, but one of his eyes will like glow red at some points. And he seems to, when that happens, seems to be more powerful than he is at other time. Something. I just took it as he really hates goblins. <laughs> yeah. And that's he's really mad. I guess he is fired up in some way. Yeah. That, that is w- what I came to eventually think it is. Um, I don't think it's magic. Toward toward the end, there's really cool, like, we get to see him, like, arrange basically a military, like, tactical campaign in one point toward the end of the episodes. And ends up fighting, like, Goblin King-type character. And some of that is, is a lot of that is there. And I, there was supposed to be hinting at something else or not. Um, but that was the only thing, other thing that really annoyed me. So, uh... How do you feel about the over-the-top violence, I guess? Not even over-the-top, but, for example, he fails fighting the giant goblin. He fails in protecting the girls, I guess, and the elf girl's being groped, and the priest girl gets, like, her shoulder bitten. Right. I mean, this, you know, I come from 80s anime. Um, This did not seem over-the-top to me at all, really. Um, You know compared to things like um oh what's the devil devil man or whatever uh did they read devil man cry baby oh, devil man cry baby yeah that's that is what i'm familiar with in yeah. anime or like akira like hyper violent sci-fi yeah yeah this and this was not, not did not see i didn't even remember that scene until you talked about it oh man it's it's over the top it's it's done well because I mean, you're supposed to feel that he failed, and they do a good job of, like, for one of the scenes, putting the camera in his helmet. So, like, 
you just see the ground and it's him looking through the helmet and he hears all the girls screaming, which is like right. haunting. It is done well to be haunting and like he failed. And then he get, then he gets the energy to get up and, you know, not fail, basically. Yeah. Um, and it, they cut back to things in his previous life where he's hiding in a box and looking out the slats through the box. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't want to give too much away. But but see, I didn't even remember that as over the top. I would just that good. That was definitely the most violent of the whole show. Yeah, I guess. It's the only time the priestess gets hurt, so. Um, that's true. That's true. Which, gets... which should be an important, like, uh, if you're mm-hmm. writing a novel, that should be, like, the high point, I assume, of drama. Point the taken. It was predicated on killing goblins and protecting the priestess, and he fails there. <laughs> so <laughs> that should be the drama part. The drama point, right, right. Um, it's a big chunk eaten out of her. They heal her, though. She's okay toward the end. Yeah, somehow. I don't know. I just, I didn't, that just, maybe it's because I've seen a lot of anime and watch things like From the New World were pretty dark, and that didn't affect me. And did yeah, not where me. From the New World, people get, like, exploded. Right, exactly. That's, that is what I, is, like, my, my used to. The, yeah. the things like Konosuba are funny and not what I would, I don't know. I guess my tolerances are different. It did not come off to me as anything different or unexpected. In yeah, I guess. Eye. I guess my question wasn't from like an intolerable point, because I mean I was on board with the initial controversy and it wasn't too over the top. But my question was like, did that serve as a better high point? Did that further the story better? Because really, until that, they're like very successful and like that's. I think that's where the show was the strongest because it's no longer just the rape to set up a villain. It's now like the high stakes of can is the character's moral sentiment and the way he leads his life effective enough at doing its job? And there it almost isn't. So I think that's probably the strongest episode of the show. I would agree. I would agree. Um, So I guess I was trying to allude to like it's over the top in the same sense that people thought it was in the beginning. And there it's perhaps more effective because you already have his backstory, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which you don't want to give away. So I won't. Which serves to set up the goblins as a villain. The first episode's almost, like some people say, over the top. Because with his backstory, it's almost redundant. Not quite, but it almost is. But then this is a scene where it's very important that it's that way. Exactly. And in the first episode, they have to quickly establish, you know, things that they tease out about the backstory over a long period of time. And, And the first episode was probably done for shock value. Oh, yeah. Like most, like most of the '80s anime, I guess. Um, Devilman Saga. And, yeah, and, I mean they only got twelve episodes. It's smart to make some things quick and impactful. If they set right. up the goblins to be a a bad guy because they're all plotting and meticulous and slowly like destroyed a village, then it would waste a lot of time and not really be as exciting or as impactful. Right. Even if the death toll's the same. You know, we don't have the. Now, again, it's goblins, you know, we tread some on, okay, we all know goblins at this point, mm-hmm. but um, that's, you know. It does bring up an interesting so. question, because a lot of the goblins he killed were not, like, outwardly evil. I mean, for example, the villains are almost set up as the adventuring party in the first episode, because they're all cocky and just want to go kill the goblins for no reason, right? 
or not even no reason, but I mean, it's the... Like, it's the idea that they had what's coming to them. Mm-hmm. So yes. then it's like, I don't know. I'm not really sure they're trying to make a point. It's not like you're supposed to feel bad for the goblins, but no. it's easier to watch a super villain be very evil when the first people they introduce that are killed are like not people you care about. True. And there is a little bit of people manipulating the goblins, maybe. Um, and mm. the, you know, they talk about the goblins coming from the moon or something. And this <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Habitat. Yeah, I don't, they never go anywhere with that. I wish they would. I wish they had. Uh, I thought it was going to get more interesting. I hope season two, point. he goes to the mirror and kills them on the moon. And it's like the Doom game. <laughs> right, but no, that he buried, that's what he buried at the bottom of the river, you know? That was... Yeah. Where I was expecting him to, that's where I would have had the sub stories of him going to the moon or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they never go anywhere with that. Uh, and that's the other, another mark against it. Uh, it would have been interesting if we figured out, oh, hey, these golems are actually just being manipulated by maybe the demon king or whoever. Um, but even after the demon king is dead, they're still out trying to do things. So, yeah. And have you seen Overlord? I have not. Because uh, Overlord is trying to do the same thing, almost. The The main character is this guy who played a video game, and I guess he's isekai'd into the video game world, except there's no other people. He hmm. stays as his character, and everyone else is just like an NPC from the game. And he's the leader of like an evil faction. So now he's a normal guy, and he doesn't want to be evil, so he has to like integrate them into this fantasy world without being too evil, but still maintaining the rep he's supposed to have as being evil. Um, hmm. But I guess it, it's good until he... it, it gets really bad. But why does he try to main... why does he trade him try to maintain the rep at all? Because he's the leader and they're like the most powerful faction and he's afraid if he doesn't try to maintain it, all the NPCs will just like figure him out that he's a fake. He's not He's not the great player he was role-playing as the evil skeleton king. He's actually just some weak man who's now trapped in the game. So he's like, he doesn't know how to lead them. They kind of lead themselves, but he pretends he's in charge and fools them because they all think he's all-powerful. Hmm. And it's interesting because he doesn't want to, like, destroy all the human civilizations, but they kind of have, like, the they're an evil force and they want to do that. And it's it's not, like, the cheap way of storytelling where it's, like, uh, they got a rampage and kill stuff and he like got to rein them in. It's like they view him as the ultimate leader, but they also are very smart and strong and they'll realize what his decision is. So he has to like pretend he was doing stuff all along to like conquer a civilization. He's like, we could just go kill them all, but wouldn't it be best if they served us and promoted how great we were and stuff? And they're like, wow, he's so clever. He wasn't thinking about killing them at all. He's, he thought a step further. And I bring it up because it does like a better job than Goblin Slayer in, I guess, making you question who the villain is. Like, that's what I liked about Overlord is he's supposed to be the villainous people, but he's not. The human faction has like despot leaders and they're the actual bad guys, even though they're supposed to be like the good humans within the world. Hmm. Whereas Goblin Slayer, I almost got sick of like goblins being the villain, though it's in the title. Because. Yeah even though they're set up as like very evil and they rape and kill, it's like, eh, there can never be any more than that. And they could have made them even more evil. Like say when he was failing and they killed the elf girl somehow, they would rape and kill her. 
then you'd have even more reason to to hate the goblins, but only for the same reasons, even though there's more, which is like my complaint. Overlord does a good job of doing different reasons. And, and I guess if, if there's a season two of Goblin Slayer, I just feel like I would be sick of no, knowing the tropes of the show and just being like, yep, he hates those goblin guys and all yeah. they can do is kill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be a, you would watch it for the cool action scenes at that point. Uh, if there was a second season, unless they delve deeper in something. And that's a good example of why Rising of the Shield Hero could become deeper. Because he has a chance, you know, he gets, he ends up for like a couple episodes actually really hating everybody. And it's his relationship with the the raccoon yeah. that brings him back. They do and that for, really quickly. For good, good reason for some of the people he hates too. Yeah, no, some of them are assholes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Similar to Overlord, the Overlord. leaders of the human faction are real shit. Right. So that they may be doing some of that there, and depending on how they do it, that could is why it could become uh, deeper than Goblin Slayer. Um, so I've been really surprised with that show. Uh, cool. So yeah, so I mean, if you're looking for a good um, fantasy action show, uh, give Goblin Slayer a try. Sounds like Rising of the Shield Hero and Overlord are probably maybe be better. Um, Overlord probably give gets this bad real quick. I don't know. Goblin Slayer is still episodes. better. Okay, so I should not watch Overlord then. Good to know. Yeah, I mean it's sad because the side stories are so interesting, but then they focus on the main character and it's very bad. Okay. Also, in the third season, they ran out of money, and the last fight scene's all shitty CGI. So. Mm. That's too bad. Yeah. I would say it's good. And so the, you said something of the... Does, I guess you've seen a translated version of the opening song, because definitely the opening song has them like rolling dice and things come up, snake eyes and all this kind of stuff. And that was... Yeah, wherever I was watching it, it wasn't legally. So whoever summed it, um, it translated the song. And it is what it seems to be hinting at visually. They talk about... Uh, God's rolling the dice, and is it fate, or are we making our own, like, the illusion of free will? Huh. Which is interesting. It, it hints at deeper things, and, like... The song uh, is deeper than the show. Yeah, the, the song is pseudo-aware that it's a D&D &D game, <laughs> and the characters are not. But it's, it's interesting, because it's kind of not making fun of, but it's... It, sadly, it wasn't apparent for people that watch it in English, whether... I mean, you got it because you pay attention. You saw the dice. But I saw plenty of people on Reddit just totally not understand what the opening song was. And it's like, hello, the whole opening is just them rolling dice over all the characters. Right. <laughs> what, what did you think it meant? But yeah, and then if you further, if you see the lyrics, it's like it's setting you up with the expectations that it's like a and d campaign. So and I think that helps. It helps tell the story. It, it makes you more for at least it made me more forgiving for the characters being one dimensional. But then it also made it more impactful when they like broke from the norms of D and D, like you said. Whether it was being creative or, um, like eventually growing his characters because they mm -hmm. can't. So, yeah, it was clever. And also, it's like the free will thing. It's like, is it possible for a man to really be so scarred that he spends his entire life killing goblins? Maybe not, but it's more believable when he's like. That's his heart, harrowing backstory for like a D and D character, right? Yeah. So I thought that was cool. It's like it's much more easily to forgive their character tropes if, if that's where they're pulling from. Yeah, if it's a D and D campaign, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was cool. I I wondered though. I tried to keep because his eye always looked like the red dice when it was rolling ones. So at first I thought when every time his eye came up, it was because somebody had snake eyes. But <laughs> that's a cool theory. Someone's about to die because they like critical failed. Bullshit. Yeah, because they critical <laughs> failed or something. So, but then. And then may, and maybe that's him overcoming the critical fail or something somehow. And um, that's cool. I'll I'll help perpetuate it as a fan theory. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a. It's uh, a little far fetched, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, he's the gods of the dice aren't controlling him. You know, at this point. Yeah, he's exhibiting uh, his free will by overcoming the dice. Free will by overcoming the critical fail. That's right. Wow. <laughs> the show is deep. Yeah. No. Free will exists. They prove <laughs> <comments> later. <laughs> This is this is not from the new world, which no. we should rewatch and have a really deep conversation of sometime. <laughs> yeah, I would have to rewatch it. There's a lot there, but There's I, a lot I do, there, yeah. do remember enjoying it. And it aired like fairly early in like me watching anime. Like up until that point, I saw like Code Geass, Angel Beats, Kaze no Stigma, and, and like Ugh. and Full Metal Alchemist, right? Like yeah. entry level stuff. And then I watched that, and I'm like, wow, what did I watch? <laughs> You hadn't even seen like Ghost in the Shell yet or Akira. No, yeah. Nothing that questions okay. even, even morality. Going. No, I still haven't seen Evan Gale. Oh. See that's that's what's there's, there's something different there too, of because my introduction to anime were the were those kind of shows. Were the philosophical questioning morality kind of shows. And yeah. yours was Cause No Stigma. I grew up in the okay. slice of life shonen era. Mm-hmm. You grew up in the basically graphic novel era, where anime was much similar to like dark comic books, graphic novel type stories. Yeah, is which how I, I describe them. Looking back, I mean, which I didn't, I didn't even knew existed it. until after I discovered anime. I discovered um, Watchmen after I'd already discovered anime. So, right, uh, I didn't even know those kind of good graphic novels in America existed. I thought all the mm-hmm. comic books were Superman and Batman, so Right. They're either for children or for uh super book or superhero fans, but yeah, there's some darker yeah. Stephen King esque ones. Yeah, I've discovered some of those afterwards and they're actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because I mean I guess that's probably what got me hooked in anime because full metal was fine. It was actiony. And I liked it. But then I watched like from the new world and Madoka Magica back to back. And I'm like, yeah, they touch oh. on a lot of deep things. <laughs> yeah. The second movie of Madoka Magica basically becomes paradise lost and paradise regained. So mm-hmm. um, that's a fun yeah. rabbit hole is look up all the uh, like philosophy references in Madoka Magica. There's like 500 <laughs> just in the third movie alone. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, you see in the scene where they're all talking and they're red, green and blue and yellow. And it's like, Oh wow. Didn't notice that the first time. Yeah. Um, you can do that with Evangelion as well and um, Ghost in the Shell, so it's fun. Yeah, I've done it with Ghost in the Shell. Good stuff. All right, I think I think that wraps it up. Yep, right. my review's done. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap it up here. Check out our website uh, for our review index, barnsatbeat.com, front slash reviews. There you can listen to all our past episodes. <clears throat> and we are now on Spotify. After the hard work of Zach. Woohoo! True, it wasn't it wasn't that hard. But I did have to contact Spotify because they're like, that should work. 
And then I emailed them again and told them it didn't. They're like, you're right. It wasn't supposed to work. But now it will. And then it worked. So there you go. Spotify support is good. And now we're on Spotify. All right. So there you go. All right. Zoller, thanks for joining us. Yeah. I'll have to check out um, the the horror one that he recommended. And yes, Promise Neverland and Chivalry of a Failed Knight. I'll link them to you. I want to have you back and talk about it. All right. And I'm I'm serious about watching From the New World again and talk about it. (laughs) All right. My room. My roommate is a cat. Looks pretty cool, too. There you go. All right. You, you can watch it with your roommate. That's a cat. Yes, yes exactly. that's right. I can watch it with Sunshine. She's in my lap right now. So there you go. Nice. There you go. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you have any feedback, head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.